Ladies and gents, welcome to episode 13 of Shane Sports of New York Plus, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SonyPlus.com, among many other media outlets. I am your host, Shane Palma, and today you will be listening to part two of my draft recap breakdown with the closer, Chris Ventra. Now, if you haven't listened to episode one, please be sure to listen to that one first as we break down the first few rounds of our recent home league draft. Now, in this episode, you will hear his thoughts and my thoughts on the Colts offense and some later wide receivers and running backs that you should be targeting towards the end of your draft. And now, enjoy. But let's hear your thoughts on the Colts now, because I think that's what a lot of people are wondering as they go into their drafts this weekend. Yeah, so I talked about this today, I believe, on the frenzy, too. Um, The Colts, it's tough. So it depends on the player. Like, I think T.Y. Hilton, like you getting T.Y. Hilton at 4-7, I think that's a steal. Uh, I think that's great value, beyond great value. I feel like the kids in this draft really uh, let the luck thing get to them a lot to let T.Y. Hilton fall that far. Um, So I, I just don't... I mean, it's a steal. It's a steal because that's your wide. I mean, you're talking about getting your wide receiver two who has wide receiver one, one potential. Not maybe not this year. Without luck, I don't know if T.Y. Hilton has wide receiver one potential, but I think he's definitely a solid wide receiver two. Yeah. Uh, because Jacoby Brissett. Here's the thing about Jacoby Brissett. I know it's not Andrew Luck, but he's probably one of the best backups in the league. He has a lot of game experience. When Andrew Luck was out the last time, he's mobile. Uh, So he adds something to the table. Uh, And you know what? This Colts offense is a lot better than it was when Brissett last played. Uh, You got a lot of weapons here, right? So you got Hilton, you got Funchess, you got Doyle, you got Ebron. I think that Funchess might be the one that loses the most value here uh, because he was already a guy that you're iffy about. You're taking him in the late rounds. But when Luck was around, you weren't taking him in the two late rounds. He was going in like the eighth, ninth uh, some, you know, sometimes 10th depends, but you know, that's your, a guy on your bench that you're looking to maybe plug in. If someone gets hurt, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be the guy you want this year. Funches. I think that he's going to have his, his games, his good games, but I don't think, I think he's going to be a lot of up and down, a lot of up and down for Funches this year. I do think T.Y. Hilton will do really well. I just don't think he's going to have that ceiling that he once had with Andrew Luck. That's the only problem, but he's still going to be a very good wide receiver. Because he just is a very good wide receiver, and he's the, the main target on this offense. He's still going to get the targets. I don't care the, who the quarterback is. There's great wide receivers on horrible teams. So, I mean, De- DeAndre Hopkins proved that with yeah. you know Brock Osweiler. So, um, you know, I think T.Y. Hilton will do just fine. The I think Marlon Mack will be fine. I'm not a big Marlon Mack guy. Um, I don't know if I trust him. I don't know if he's going to be the running back he was last year. Uh, everything seemed to click for him last year. Uh, he And he also isn't a pass catcher. So Marlon Mack for me, that's a guy I'm most likely, if I do 10 drafts, I maybe take him once if I see value. That's a guy I only take if, the, if he falls down the draft board and there's value. Mostly, almost 100% of the time, I'm not taking that guy. Why? Because he falls in that category with these running backs that don't catch passes. And when you don't catch passes, your floor is very low in the PPR league. Uh, if, if, if you don't rush for a touchdown or you don't rush for over 100 yards, 
you're not really having that great of a game. I mean, think about it. If Marlon Mack rushes for 90 yards, okay, that's a great game. Yeah. But in fantasy, it's not. If it's just 90 yards and he and he caught one pass, that's 10 points. 10 points. Yeah. You know, like, or whatever. And you, you're drafting Marlon Mack as your RB2. You want a little more than that. Uh, and, and that's a good game, 90 yards, 10 points uh, with a catch or whatever. So on a bad game, if he rushes for 30 yards – and has no catches. That's three points. That's terrible. And for your RB two, you do not want that. So, yeah, Mac worries me a bit, a little bit. But at the same time, the, the Colts' offensive line is pretty damn good, uh, and he's going to get volume. So it's a guy that you should draft. Uh, where did he go? Here, he went at the end of the third. See that for me, that's just high. But his the uh, player. I mean, when you look at it right after him, the only other running back to go in that range was Derrick Henry. Right after that, and then there was a run of eight straight wide receivers, and then we get to David Montgomery, who I definitely would have taken over both of them. Who I think is an absolute steal. Where I got and him, and you got him, yeah, at the end of the fourth, yeah, um, because Montgomery is going to get probably fifteen touches a game uh, with Tariq Cohen still getting his, you know, seven plus. I think there's going to be a ton of running here in Chicago this year. Uh, I think they just, you know, they just don't have to throw the ball a lot. They, they're that their defense is obviously the best in the league. Uh, they're not going to have to throw the ball a lot. Uh, Mr. Trubisky is still a young quarterback and they don't want to have to put everything on his shoulders. So you got a running back in Montgomery who has this tremendous upside and is going to be the lead runner and, primary bull carrier on this team yeah he might not get the the air work that you want because cohen is probably going to steal a good portion of that but i think montgomery is still going to get you know two three catches a game that's just going to tack on to whatever else he does for uh you know for the game and you're talking about a team that's going to run the ball heavily like i said i think he's going to get 15 to 20 touches a game with cohen still doing well Uh, i think this is a a a running back uh chicago bears i think this is where you want to live at running back when you draft this year. Montgomery and Cohen, I love them both this year. I just think that they're just going to get so much work and, and they're not going to have to do much else. That's why I'm kind of off the Bears wide receivers. Allen Robinson falls a lot for me. A lot of people like him. And listen, I liked him before last year. I had Robinson, Allen Robinson last year. He didn't do he didn't do really much at all. I mean, he no. had his big games, but that was about it. If he wasn't involved in the game plan, he wasn't getting his targets. That's the problem. The Bears have a lot going on. Uh, so I'd rather have the running backs in a run-heavy team. But that being said, let's go back to what you said. Derrick Henry goes after that. Now, listen, Derrick Henry's a guy I like based on freakish talent. He's a freak. He's a, he's a running. He's the biggest running back in the league. He's like, you know, he's a fullback. He basically, he's a tight end uh, at running back, and he's talented, but he can't catch a lick, and that's yeah. a problem for me. And it's the uh, same point with the Marlon Mack thing of, of ninety exactly. yards, good game, no touchdown, one catch if he gets it, and it's ten points. Right. So that's that's the thing. I had Henry last year in one league. Uh, the guy was an absolute dud. If you look at his numbers for the season, it's like, oh, wow, he had a pretty damn good year. It all happened at the end. Yeah, and we talked about um, that last time. It's literally people bought right back into it by drafting him in the fourth round based off of two, three games. Yeah. You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to blame them for doing that. And quite frankly, if Derrick Henry fell in the fourth round uh, and I needed a running back, and let's say I had two running backs already and I just see Derrick Henry at the end of the fourth round and I want him as my flex. I think it's a, a pretty good flex play, but I just don't want this guy as my RB two. Like I'm not targeting Henry like that right now because 
because of that floor. That floor is so low. The Titans offense also is a is a scary offense to invest into because, you know, we don't even know who the quarterback is at this point. Mariota's on a, on a short leash here. Um, you know, the wide receivers are better, I think, overall. But there's no besides Corey Davis, nobody really stands out to me. Uh, tight end's older now, Delaney Walker. Talented tight end. I just don't know what he's going to do after a, basically a full season that he missed. Uh, and, you know, the offensive line could be good, but you have Taylor, Taylor Luan, who's their best offensive lineman, who's going to be out the first four weeks of the season. So that's potentially horrible for Derrick Henry um, owners at the beginning of the season. So I just don't want to invest in something that could be a complete dud as my RB2 in the early rounds. I would not take Derrick Henry in the third round, no matter what, where it is in the third round. I'm not taking him. Uh, and, and that goes for this just whole tier of running backs. The Max, the Henrys, uh, Chris Carson, who went 3-4, Really. And I get it. I get Carson too. Like Carson's like, you know, fantastic season last year. Uh, they say they're going to give him a lot of pass catching work this year, blah, blah, blah. But I, I want to see it first, you know, just because they say they're going to pass him the ball doesn't mean he's going to do well with those opportunities. Um, he's not a pass catching back. He's a classic between the tackles runner. Mm-hmm. All those guys for me are just not, they're just scary. They're just scary to invest into for me in those early rounds because if they don't have that game that you that you want with the touchdown and a lot of yards rushing, it's most likely not going to be a good game. Uh, you're not going to get the points. Too many people think about like last year a lot. They think about uh, the full season stats too much. Derrick Henry's case, Chris Carson's case, just last year alone. Um, but when you think about it realistically in fantasy terms, this is fantasy we're talking about. This isn't NFL. If Chris Carson has a bunch of bad games and Seattle isn't as good as a, of an offense as they were last year, or you know they're just having struggles. Let's say you know DK Metcalf got hurt. Let's say he misses a lot of time. Let's say Russell Wilson just isn't hitting hitting his receivers as well, or his receivers just aren't as good. David Moore's dropping a lot of passes. David uh, Moore's hurt you know, right now too. Yeah, Moore, there you go. And Moore's hurt too. So there's just not a lot of weapons overall in this offense. And then you know the defense isn't that great either. So there might be a lot of times this season where Seattle has to play catch-up. Carson's value gets thrown out the window yeah. if that happens. Out the window. Because Penny, I'd much rather have Penny. I know Penny's not doing anything really in preseason right now. I'm happy he's not. Because, you know, when push comes to shove in the regular season, Penny's going to get most of the targets in this passing game. He's just a much better passing back than Carson. He just is. It's just the way it is. He's a more talented guy. So... Uh, Carson might get all these all this groundwork, but if you know if he's not working, and you know the Seahawks are down seventeen three at the second half, and Carson only has thirty five yards rushing and one catch for five yards, he's doing nothing. Uh, it might be a lot of penny and wide receivers in the second half, and Carson might not do much. You're getting a dud from your RB two. I think we're hyping Carson up a little bit too much here right now. I would not take him at three four. I would take him in the fourth. Those are the running backs I take in the fourth, and that's the problem. They're going in the third, this tier yeah. of running backs. And if you notice, there, none of them are really pass catchers. The ones that are, that did go in this third round, Josh Jacobs I like because I think he's going to be an all-purpose back. He is a good pass catcher. I think that was a good pick by Zach's team uh, at pick 10 in round three. Uh, I'm okay with it. Devonta Freeman I love in the Falcons offense. You know what pick. Freeman can do. What's that? I definitely think that was a great pick right there at the end of the third round to get as one of your uh, one of your running backs right there. 
I, absolutely. I think that's a great pick. People don't realize that Devontae Freeman one year had like 75 catches. I mean, he's a, a great pass catching back. Not just good, great. So if he stays healthy, you're talking about RB1 upside with Devonta Freeman. And he's on the Atlanta Falcons. So, you know, I mean, the, like the sky's the limit here. Yeah. It's just that he's going in the late third round for the reason of him being hurt all of last season. And he has that injury-prone tag. He's a small back, too. He's small. So, you know, giving him a ton of carries isn't always the greatest thing for a running back like that. And But he's a guy that could thrive, like Alvin Kamara, on minimal carries. With no more Tevin Coleman behind him. And you got no more Tevin Coleman behind him. But Edo Smith looks good. Uh, Edo Smith will get his touches. He'll get his touches. That's fine. But like I said, you could get 55%. 60% of the touches and still be an RB2, maybe sometimes even an RB1. I mean, listen, Alvin Kamara is a testament to that. Alvin Kamara doesn't even touch 200 carries in a season, and we're drafting him as the third player off the board. Why? Because he's so efficient yeah. and he's such a good pass catcher. Devonta Freeman has that type of ability. He's not as talented as Alvin Kamara, and he and, he, and um, you know he has the injury history that Alvin Kamara doesn't have. But Freeman could end up being a league winner this year. He could be an RB1 this year. That's the type of player he is. My whole point about this thing in this third and fourth round thing is try to stay away from these running backs that haven't proven their pass catching ability. Uh, these other guys have or these rookies like Jess Jacobs and David Montgomery, they're going to get pass catching work. And they were very, they're very good pass catchers based on the fact that they showed it in the combine and they showed it in college a little bit. It's hard to judge in college because you just don't play as many games and running backs just don't get as many touches in college. In college, they just tend to use a lot more committees. Um, but you're going to see these guys emerge as great running backs. I mean, look, rookie running backs in the past recently have emerged as great running backs. Yeah. Kareem Hunt, you know, uh, that whole draft class. I mean, who'd you have in that draft class? Kareem Hunt, Nick. You have Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. Now, Sony Michelle is an interesting case because he doesn't catch passes whatsoever. But you get Michelle at a discount. He went five four. Yeah, sure. I will take Sony Michelle five four. But what's to say why? Why? Why is Sony Michelle going later than Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, Chris Carson? Why is he going behind those because guys? Because of James White. He's done just as good as those guys. It's because of James right? White, and people are threatened by James White. I don't How know. could you be threatened by I James know. White? I don't know. People, James White's almost a, a wide receiver at this point. Exactly. That's the problem. People need to listen to these podcasts. Sean. <laughs> Sean. Shane. Sean. Shane. Sean, I'm thinking about, for some reason, uh, uh, what's his name? Deshaun Watson. Right. So, Sh- Shane, people need to listen to your podcast. People need to listen to things out there because they don't realize that People just think, oh, he's the starting running back. Let me draft him because he's going to get all the touches. That's not how that's not how this works. Uh, in, in the NFL, you could have two running backs on the same team, and the pass-catching back could be the more valuable one. The one that gets the less, less touches could be the more valuable one. That's the problem. People don't realize that. How are you about James White? James White is going to do his thing. James White was there last year. James White had the best year of his career last year. And Sonny Michelle still had a fantastic season. Yeah. So how could for, – for people to be worried about James White, that's just them not doing their research, um, plain and simple. Then they're not, they're not invested in this like they should be or if they don't want to be, that's fine. You want to be a ca- casual fantasy player and joke around you know, or you know whatever, get the guys you like and not really care about the stats, that's fine. Do that. But if you want to win your league, 
you can't be doing things like that. Sony Michel's a value because he's a guy who could be better than Henry. He had just as good as a season as Henry and Mac and all these guys. He had a great season last year. Why is he going at 5-3? That's a great pick right there, I think. Uh, I know he doesn't catch passes, but none of these other guys do anyway. So yeah. take that guy with value later. You can get running backs like this later. Look, James White went right after him. I know. It's, fu- it's funny how they go back-to-back <laughs> like that. It's just, just odd to me that a lot – I think a lot of people just buy into the hype of things. People just listen to the cookie-cutter analyst out there that will tell you, oh, Chris Carson, getting all the touches. Uh, they'll buy into the beat writers, hyping them up, saying, oh, he looks great in camp. Like – that's just hyping people up. That's all that's doing. That's not gonna. That's not guaranteed to happen on the field this year. Um, you know, all these guys have question marks. But I'd rather wait for these running backs that you can get in the fifth, sixth, seventh round that have tremendous value, dude. You got Duke Johnson at seven six. Yeah, that I was. Rather that's have my Duke favorite Johnson. pick of the draft, right there. That is the best pick of the draft. Okay, I I'll tell you that. Because Duke Johnson. I bet you, I, I'll bet you any amount of money, unless unless another running back comes unless in. Unless they right? trade for Melvin Gordon out of the blue by next week. Or, or Kenyon Drake or yeah. something like that. Um, but if that doesn't happen and Duke Johnson is there, he will be a better RB2 than all these guys. All these guys I just mentioned. Better than Chris Carson. And you're taking Chris Carson at 3-4, you just got Duke Johnson at 6-6? Dude, that's an absolute steal and you just basically played all those people who took those running backs because <laughs> this is the guy bro he catch it duke johnson's a great running back people i know. don't realize it people don't realize i like him even with lamar miller he, excuse me I, I even with lamar miller there i was gonna take him maybe not round seven but i was gonna take him round eight nine i just really like duke johnson in you know in any offense given the chance yeah, yeah he's he's better than lamar miller yeah, absolutely. Plain and simple. He's, he has the potential to be better than Lamar Miller. The problem with Duke Johnson is he's never gotten his fair shot. He's gotten his fair shot in the passing game, and you've seen what he could do with that. But people just overlook things. That's like, Once again, people don't look at the whole picture. They look at – well, they look at the whole picture, but they don't look at the actual nuances in, inside of it. Duke Johnson has never had a ton of touches on the ground. If he gets 200 carries – and he gets the 60, 70 receptions that we're talking about here. You're talking about Alvin Kamara, bro. Yeah. You're talking about Alvin Kamara in round seven. I mean, it's a joke. I'm so the only excited. Why this I didn't pick take is so him, great. The only, the only reason why I didn't take him uh, sooner, I was going to buy him in the sixth. I, honestly, I was going to take him in the sixth because the seventh is a complete steal. It's a joke. Um, you did unbelievable there. Where did I take – who did I take at six? You took okay. Vance McDonald, which I was very curious about, over some of these running backs like Tariq Cohen, Austin Eckler, and Duke Johnson. I'll tell you why I did that. So, okay, so in my draft, I went uh, obviously Christian McCaffrey, so he's my RB1. I went Adam Thielen in round two and then carry on Johnson in round three. So I had my RB1 and RB2 set. I had my RC1 and Thielen. In round four, I went with David Montgomery, and that's the main reason why. I already had three – to me, three – I had uh, uh, one of the best running backs in the league in Christian McCaffrey. And I had, to me, uh, RB2 in on Johnson. And to me, the number one RB2 in on Johnson. He's the, he leads the tier for me. Uh, and David Montgomery, who's an RB2 for me also. Sure. So I have three running backs that are just, like, you know, interchangeable to me that I could just – that I think are, are going to be – basically hit, hit it out of the park. 
those three uh, for me at running back. And I got three of them already. So then I took, I had to go wide receiver because now at this point I'm in round four and I only have one more receiver. I don't really like to do that, but I'm sorry. The, the value at running back just in this draft was amazing, I thought. Uh, so that's why I did that. Then I went Calvin Ridley uh, round five, pick two as my wide receiver two. Then I thought I got a steal at the end of round six with Cooper Cup. There's no mm-hmm. way he should be going that nope. late. Um, so I filled out my wide receivers nicely with that because Cooper Cup and Calvin Ridley to me are both borderline wide receiver twos slash wide receiver threes. So I was happy with that. And I was going to go Duke Johnson at, at that turn, right? But I said to myself, listen, I got three running – three really good running backs, three really good wide receivers here, and everybody was taking tight ends so yeah, early. Was a, it was a run, and I don't know why – Eric Ebron went. I don't. I can't find where he went. Yeah, but that he went. Me oh, six ten, and I was. I was shocked. And then Jared Cook yeah. goes, and then you. Pa- I don't know if you panicked. You probably didn't panic, but you took Vance McDonald right there, who I think he'll be solid this year. But still, that was just like it was an insane run right there. Well, I'll tell you. I'll give you the two main reasons why I did it. So, um, you're seeing these tight ends go, like the run was crazy, bro. I mean, you're talking about who was the first one off this run? OJ Howard. O.J. Yeah. Howard went round, round five. Round five, pick eight, which is, I think, a good pick. Okay. So then you t- – um, Hunter Henry went 6'2". 6'2", six two. Six two, good pick. And then you took Ingram at 6'7", great pick. So you got, I think, the best value. Because to me, I'll take any three of those ru- those tight ends. I'll take the last one exactly. of, of I'll any take of the those last three. one. Yeah. Whichever one goes last. What? I'll take the last one any day because exactly. I all think that they're great. Yeah, exactly. All three of those guys are super high upside with a nice floor because you're talking about guys that are going to get a ton of targets here. Um, so great picks. But after that, a tight end, the next tight end shouldn't have went till the freaking ninth round. Okay? Especially with Luck not there, taking Ebron as the next tight end off the board. Exactly. It, it just didn't make sense to me. Ebron goes, which I think was a bad pick. Then I think... Jared Cook went, which I don't think is a bad pick because Cook is going in the seventh, eighth round range. Yes, that was a lot of where he went, yeah. Yeah, he's going in that seventh, eighth round range. So I understand Mike's team. Maybe he panicked a little bit too, or maybe he said, listen, all the good tight ends are going. I really like Cook. He's still in this tier with me. Boom, I'll take him. See, a lot of times it's just a person's perception. And Cook could have a fantastic season because, quite frankly, the Saints don't have a lot of options in the passing game. Cook might be the number two option in the passing game for them. Uh, behind Michael Thomas. So I'm cool with Cook. I'm just not a big Cook guy because for the most of his career, he's been a ghost. Yeah, uh, Last year, all of a sudden, he has this huge year. Yeah, of course he had a huge year last year, Cook. He was the only guy on the team that could play. I mean, Amari Cooper got traded, and, who and there was no one Derek, left to yeah, throw the ball to. Who else is Derek, Derek Carr going to give the ball to except Jared exactly. Cook right there? That's the only guy you could throw to. So I ended, you know, But it's still, he's on a good offense, and he might be the number two wide receiver, so I like it. And then to me, what happened was, I'm saying to myself, are these kids going to freaking take all the tight ends now? Like, are they just going to take all the tight ends off the board? And I'm going to be stuck with somebody I really don't want. (laughs) And that's the problem with tight end this year. Like, I feel like after Cook, McDonald, Njoku. I have have Austin Austin Hooper's right there. I think Austin Hooper's right there, too. And he went round nine. I put Austin Hooper with them. I don't. See, for me, I wouldn't put Austin Hooper with uh, McDonald and Ninjoku. And, and if Cook, you would, I'd, I'd say lead that tier. And then it's 
McDonald to me, then Njoku, and then I think that's kind of where the tier ends. I, I really don't think it used to be Ebron, but now with Brissett gone, I, I'm dropping Ebron out of that tier. So, so you, I'm okay with Hooper going ahead of Ebron even. Okay. Um, and I like Hooper. I think Hooper's a very high upside guy on a great offense. I just think there's just a ton of mouths to feed in Atlanta. So, so I think he's going to have Cleveland. some down games. What? That's the same with Cleveland and Njoku. You have Odell and Chubb and, and Landry and all the guys like that. Uh, you do, but you don't have it as much, I think. So in in Atlanta, you got Julio, who's going to just eat up a, uh, just a ton of targets. Uh, Calvin Ridley, who's going to eat a ton. You have Freeman out of the backfield, who's going to eat a lot so, of targets. Okay, well, I can match those three with Odell, Jarvis, and Nick Chubb. I'm not, well, yeah, and then there's more, though. I think Sanu okay. still gets a lot of targets in this offense. Not as much as you want in fantasy, but in terms of NFL targets, he's going to get a lot of targets. Um, I don't think there's a third wide receiver on the on the, on the the Browns that are going to eat away at Njoku's targets. I think it's only going to be... Maybe Callaway uh, when he's Odell. not suspended. What's that? Possibly Antonio Callaway once he comes off his suspension. I think he can make a leap. Maybe, maybe. Uh... Right now, even Higgins, I know some people like Higgins. I just think that, for me, it's Odell, it's Landry, it's Njoku. Uh, there's not really a pass-catching running back here either. It's Dontrell Hilliard. Nick Chubb isn't a, a pass-catcher. Uh, they are going to give him passing game work, but it's not going to be like a Devonta Freeman pass-catching pa- pass work. Uh, and Njoku, to me, is just way – I think he's, to me, first of all, way more talented than – Callaway and um, Rashard Higgins. Uh, Call- I had Callaway last year in one league. He drops mad passes. He burns people, but he just drops so many passes. He's not reliable. And Joku dropped passes last year too, but he's also a young tight end. Uh, he showed obviously he's got absolute tight end one ability and elite tight end ability. He's got that ability. He's also a great blocker, so he's going to play a lot of downs in Joku. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that Njoku is the I think he might even be bordering the second target. I know you might not like to hear that in this offense. He might be bordering that second favorite target to Baker behind Odell because I think Landry, and I think we showed glimpses of it last year, Landry's kind of fallen off for me a little bit. And you see it in drafts. He's going a lot later than he used to. Yeah. Landry's a guy that thrives on targets, and, and that's pretty much it. He's not a big touchdown guy because he's little. He's not – a big rack guy. He's not going to get a ton of yards after the catch because he's mostly just a possession slot guy who, you know, he'll get, he's reliable. He can make the catch. He'll get the job done. Uh, and yeah, he'll, he'll make a cut and cut one guy, but he's not going to burn anybody. He's not going to do anything like that. So he's a, a very, very good. He's a, the top slot guy you could have basically. Um, but, I just don't think Baker is going to be lighting him up like that. Baker likes to sling the ball downfield. Baker likes to make big plays. He's a gunslinger. I think Landry will get his targets. I think he'll be a solid flex play Landry, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that he once was. So that being said, I think Njoku ends up being a lot of those targets. And I think Njoku is going to get a lot of red zone work because Landry isn't. The running backs aren't going to get it in the passing game. Odell will. But the next best guy in this red zone is going to be Njoku in, in terms of passing the ball. So I think you're going to see Njoku border to eight to ten touchdowns. I think that's the type of season we're looking at here for Njoku. I really like him. He's in that tier for me. Plus, he's just to me, and this is the this is the biggest reason why I had him have him ahead of Hooper. Hooper's very good, 
But Hooper's not an elite talent at a quarterback, at a tight end. Njoku is. Njoku is in that class with O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram. And Njoku would be in that tier with O.J. Howard, Hunter Henry, and Evan Ingram is- if it wasn't for all the weapons that are going to take away the targets from him. Um, <laughs> that's really only the only problem you see here with Njoku is that targets are going to be taken away from him. Then why but- do you take Vance McDonald in front of Njoku? Well, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that if Njoku, based on talent, he'd be in that tier. Vance McDonald is the top of the next tier for me. So then, um, but why wouldn't you take then the upside then of David Njoku right there as much as you're praising him saying he could be in that second tier? Because Vance McDonald, I think, is a lot safer. Okay. Um, you want safer. That, that's track. the reason. Uh, behind, it, it goes like this for me. You have those three in the tier, in Ingram, blah, 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 Howard, and Henry. Then Vance, then Njoku. And it's really close between Vance and Njoku. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say, you know – like at times maybe I would take a joke over Vance McDonald if I have him too much, but I've been all over Vance McDonald and he's just, I mean, think about it. Antonio Brown gone out of, out of Pittsburgh, all the, and you're talking 160 target type, you know, guy here gone. That's got to go somewhere. And that's not all just going to Juju that, you know, Juju's going to get his, and then you're going to have uh, Dante Moncrief getting his mm-hmm. James Washington. We don't even know at this point. He might not even be the third wide receiver. We'll see. Uh, I think Vance McDonald is that third guy. Uh, so once again, I think he's safe. He had, and that's the other thing, he had a very good season for a tight end last year in fantasy. He already had a really good one. So I think he's just due for another good one, and he's going to get more targets. So I, I just think this is a guy who could get into that top five tight end conversation. Uh, I think Njoku can too, but I think Vance is a safer bet to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Vance is a safer bet for targets, volume. So volume is king in fantasy. I think Vance is the volume guy. Uh, that's why I took him. Maybe I did panic. I mean, at the time, I, did, I wasn't panicking. I was just like, yo, I'm taking Vance here. Everybody's taking tight ends right now. The next pick I had after that was at the end of round eight. So, and guess what? Nujoku went two picks, of uh, three picks right after me. So you know Vance was going to go. Vance was going to be gone by the time round eight came. And if that happened, I don't really like the tight ends after that. I do like Austin Hooper, but I don't want to take Austin Hooper in the eighth or ninth round. I don't want to be forced into that situation. The reason why I took Vance in the seventh is because, quite honestly, in the GST league, which is an expert league that we all do every year, uh, Adam Ronis is in it, which you, you can catch on FNTSY, Greg Sussman, the BFFs, they're all in it. Uh, Corey, Corey Parson was in it last year, wasn't in it this year. But a lot of experts, guys who know what they're doing, uh, are in that draft. And Vance McDonald went in round seven in the GST draft. Yeah, so you got him and right because, there. Because of that, I'm like, one, tight ends are starting to fly off the board in this draft. We're playing with kids who are pulling quarterbacks and tight ends off the board because this is more of a home league. So you're talking about people who are overvaluing guys. I, I am not going to take my chances and uh, let the, you know, the whole seventh and eighth round go by and get stuck with you know Mark Andrews as my tight end one. I wanted a good tight end, so I took Vance right there. I said – F it, you know, F it. I'm taking Vance McDonald. I love him. I really think he's going to have a fantastic season. I think he's going to border on t- top five, top six tight end territory. All right. After that whole spiel, I can't, I can't fault you for taking him ahead of Njoku. I'll, I'll, get, I'll cut you some slack. There. I mean, you can if you want. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Uh, maybe I did draft him too high, but, uh, you know, I, I'm human. I make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, I just, I, I guess, considering the draft the way it is, that you got all these kids pulling up quarterbacks and, and uh, tight ends, I figured I wasn't going to have a chance for him at the end of the eighth. 
And that's really where I was going to take him in that eight, nine turn. That's where I wanted to take him. But, you know, I pulled him up the board, you know, and I, I probably would have been right. I mean, quite honestly, I'm telling you, Vance would have went. If Njoku went in the round seven pick five, Vance definitely would have went. 100%. percent. You know? And, uh, you know, we could obviously, this has felt like quite a bit. If you're still with us, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, but before <laughs> before we ended here today, Venture, is there any pick in this draft from round eight on that stands out to you besides obviously my last two running back uh, picks in the draft is like, wow, that's that's amazing value. That was a great pick. Yeah, so I think um, there was a lot of value grabbed in this draft because like we said, a lot of people were just pulled up the board here. Um, I think that, oh, let me see. Because I'll Curtis go Samuel. For, Curtis Samuel went in the fourth. Yeah, wow. he went very early. For me, I definitely early. think, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but taking uh, Matt Breida round nine as the person in a Kyle Shanahan offense who has the potential to lead the backfield and carries with Jarek McKinnon out um, and catch some passes, I definitely what think. about Tevin Coleman? True, Tevin no, Coleman is there, but I definitely think that Matt Breida holds enough value to warrant me taking him as my running back four off the board. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a good pick. I mean, um, you know, I had I had Breida last year in a, in a league, and uh, when he, you know, obviously at one point he was the lead runner because everyone was hurt. Uh, he was fantastic. I just don't know what the touches are going to look like here for Breida. Uh, but as an RB4, you're talking about a bench guy. The upside is real. So I absolutely think it's a good pick. I wouldn't say it's a, like a steal or okay. anything. I wouldn't okay. say you got like – you know, you basically robbed everybody here. I think he did that with Duke Johnson, but I think it's a good pick in the ninth round, Matt Breida. Um, but your favorite. Let's hear your favorite. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. Honestly, this round seven here, bro. After Duke Johnson, Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen at seven. I'm not gonna say he's a steal, but I think it's a good pick. Uh, a lot of people are just down on Cohen now because of the Montgomery stuff, but I don't know what. Like, so I, people just amaze me because, like. I don't know how people think Cohen still isn't going to be the guy he was last year. I mean, this is the modern day Darren Sproles, guys. He's the best pass catching running back in the league. Plain and simple. He's that explosive. He's that talented. He's that good. So he's going to get his touches. The Chicago Bears are going to game plan him in. Nobody, teams don't just not use a a talented player like this. This kid, this kid is way too talented not to get the touches that you want as a flex. I think he's a, I would draft Terry Cohen still in the sixth round. That's how much I like him. Uh, but so I think in the seventh round, it's a good pick. Um, Austin Eckler, another one. I think that's another good pick. Back all to back, back to back. back. Yep. Duke Johnson, Terry Cohen, Austin Eckler. These are all pass catching backs. These are all guys that are going to get a ton of targets in the passing game. And in PPR leagues, that's amazing value. These are great guys to have. Their floors are super high because of those targets. Um, let's see here. AJ Green at the end of the seventh. I think that's a pretty good pick too, man. Um, so it seems like the seventh round is really where people hit on on a lot of the players that you know could have gone earlier and then they happen to get later. Yeah, yeah. Those are good picks. I'm looking down the board now. Uh, Sammy Watkins in the eighth, eight, eight. I think that's pretty damn good. Uh, I'm, I like buying into that chief's offense. And I think Sammy Watkins, even though last year he wasn't, um, you know, unbelievable, he did get hurt for a, for a bit of time last year. And he also, uh, there was certain times throughout the year where he just didn't, wasn't getting the targets, 
but I think he will get a, he will get those targets this year. I, I just think that he's a guy that, as a flex, could give you a lot of upside potential. Yes, the floor is kind of low with him because of the injuries and everything, but he's healthy now. He proved a lot last year because he had a lot of touchdowns for limited targets last year. I think he I think he outdoes himself. Uh, he's still got that serious upside, Sammy Watkins. I'm a big Sammy Watkins guy. Um, I do, uh, I'm not going to say my pick in the eighth round, Geronimo Allison at 8-11. I'm not going to say it's a steal or anything, but I think it's a good pick because That's who right. doesn't want the slot receiver in the Packers offense? If he fell to me in the next round somehow, that was my target right there, just get another wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, once the eighth round comes, this is I think Geronimo Allison stands out a lot to me. Um, I'll just I'll say one last thing just for my team. Uh, I ended up, I don't know how many people in the league noticed this, but – I took Kyler Murray as the 11th quarterback off the board, um, not at the time realizing that he has the same bye week as Patrick Mahomes, but if anyone out there is interested in <laughs> Kyler Murray after he rushes for 300 yards over the next you know, three weeks that he plays, I'd be happy to trade him to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I would definitely say that. I mean, that's okay. Listen, I don't really even, I don't even, uh, be honest, I don't look at the bye weeks. Like, no, I don't I care. Um, if all my players are on the same bye week, great. Then I lose that week, but I'll have him for everybody for the rest of the season. So I don't care. Um, you're going to give up. Like I would rather give up one week and have everybody on the same buy than have you know two guys on buy here, two guys on buy there, two guys on buy here. Now you're talking about your team becomes a lot weaker spread out throughout the season, and I just don't like that. So I don't really care about the bye weeks. Like I, I'm just going to take the best players or the guys that I think are the best players available on the board, uh, and if. The bye weeks, if I, after the draft, I'll look at it. And if they so happen to, you know, uh, if there's a problem, like a QB problem is different because you only have two of them. But with wide receivers and running backs, you usually have five, six of them. You'll figure out a way around it when it, when it comes. You know, you could pick guys up off waivers. I'm not worried about that now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and just for any other values I'm looking here, uh, Cam Newton, the eighth. I took Lamar Jackson over Cam Newton. I saw draft, that, but I, you know what? I can't fault you. After the discussion that we had on on Monday, Lamar Jackson could be the real deal. Yeah, and another in another draft, I might take Cam Newton over uh, Lamar Jackson. I probably will because you know I just want a piece of it. That's the other thing you guys got to realize with the Vance McDonald thing and other things. I'm in eight nine leagues this year. Like I'm going a lot in this draft. A lot of times I was just going for the guys that I haven't got yet that I really like. Like like Lamar Jackson was one of those guys. Carry on Johnson was one of those guys that I, I didn't have yet. Christian McCaffrey, of course, I don't have yet. And he's a guy I wanted. So, you know, a lot of these guys I just took because I really wanted them. And I just think Lamar Jackson's being undervalued. I think just running quarterbacks in general, we spoke about this. Um, I'm just looking for one more value here. Madison was a good one for you, man. And Late Lord. in the draft. Um, for round 15 i definitely think those are probably when you look back at it those might be some of the best picks of the draft around 14 15 the two rookie running backs yeah i honestly think the last pick of the, of the draft in general was a great pick cj anderson i was going to get him as a handcuff or carry on but i'm not a big guy i'm not a guy who's big on like oh i need to get my handcuff i just want to have talented good running backs who might have an opportunity at that point uh, so I would rather like I would take Darwin Thompson over CJ Anderson. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'll take the guy I think has the best upside and opportunity. That's the thing. Late in drafts, I'm going for guys that are going to win me the league. CJ Anderson, even though last year he might have won a lot of people leagues, I don't think he's a guy that's going to end up winning you leagues this year. So 
Uh, I would rather take a guy like Don. I think Don Thompson, great pick at the end of the 13th round by Ohia Dog. Um, yeah. Justin Jackson, end of the 14th round. Another great pick. That's what happens uh, when people start to pick defenses and kickers in round eight through the Yeah, you know, I don't know why end. people are doing that. Everyone don't. does that. Every single league that I've ever been Holmes. in, someone yeah. will take the Bears defense round seven or eight. Where did the and, Bears defense go, by the way? Let's see. Uh, it went mad early, I think. I definitely uh, round okay, end of eight. Round ten, eight. Eight ten. Oh my god. Eight ten. Oh my god. You cannot, guys, if you're listening, do not take the Bears defense in round eight. I mean, there's just too many other te- defense doesn't matter. And no one Every took a defense year. after that. There was no defense for the next like two rounds. So it's not like there was a run on defense. Someone just happened to take the Bears defense. Because they were so spectacular last year, I get that. But like, you want to reach on a defense, do it in like if you want to reach on the Bears defense, do it in round thirteen or something like that, or twelve even, where the value on the board is pretty much all gone. You're just taking shots at that point in round twelve. But in round eight, you still have fantastic players on the board. The Chicago I mean, Bears you, defense went right before you got your Animal Allison. That's terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's just, if you guys are listening, do not. Like, defense, okay? Defense is a crapshoot, okay? Every year there's going to be new defenses that, that you know, are in the top five or whatever in fantasy because, you know, it's not based on the points you give up. It's more based on how many sacks, interceptions, punt returns for a touchdown, kick returns for a touchdown happens in the game. And kick returns and punt returns are a complete crapshoot. Um, sacks, picks, yeah, you could, you could gauge that a little bit, of course. But why do you need to take a defense – early there's just no reason to because you could stream defense literally against a bad offense all season you didn't even take a defense Shane no no you didn't even take I one. took Pollard instead of a defense and I bet your team's gonna be really good anyway <laughs> so it doesn't matter uh same goes for kicker I just think kickers should be out altogether. I know I know I think kickers should just be out of fantasy altogether it's just another thing where the difference between the top defense or the top kicker and the eighth best defense or the eighth best kicker is very minuscule. You're talking like a point or two every week. So who cares? Uh, that's why I just don't do that. It makes value drop down the board. And this is why people are getting freaking Justin Jackson in the end of the 14th round. Justin Jackson should be going in the 11th round. Like he should not be going in the 14th round. I'm sorry. Devin Funches, even with the freaking with the Andrew Luck news, should not be going in the 14th round. He's a he's he's still a pretty talented number two wide receiver um, that's going to play almost every down. I mean, it's just crazy. Ronald Jones in the thirteenth round, I think, was a steal too. I'm sorry, I, I know I took a, I know I'm mad high on Ronald Jones, uh, and I know most people aren't, but Ronald Jones is going to split carries with Peyton Barber, who, let's face it, Peyton Barber is probably the worst pick in fantasy in the world. And he because, went in front of Justin Jackson in round fourteen. Yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly where Peyton Barber should be going is round 14 because he's I don't care that he's getting touches. I know he has a pulse and he's a running back and he's going to get touches. <laughs> sure. But he's so bad and he's so just does doesn't do anything well, really, at all. He's just a guy that he's just a plotter. Uh, he literally has no ceiling. He has zero ceiling. He's just going to give you eight points or 10 points. That's it. It's just such a bad pick. Uh, that's a guy you take at the end because he got nothing going for you. Uh, if you're desperate, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd, ra- I'd still rather take Darwin Thompson and all these other guys because they have ceilings. Um, 
Yeah, so Ronald Jones in the 13th round. I mean, most people are taking Ronald Jones in the 9th, 10th round right now in fantasy drafts. I'm getting him in the 13th. That's what I'm saying. In this draft particularly, running back value fell very far. And I just don't think a lot of guys in this league realize what running back – like what goes on in the NFL in terms of running backs. They don't realize that pass-catching running backs are valuable, as valuable as they are. They don't realize that like Ronald Jones is going to get 10 to 15 touches a game and you're taking him in the 13th round. I mean it's just that's, – that's crazy to me. He's starting running back. Even if he doesn't start, he's getting 10 to 15 touches in a Tampa Bay offense that's going to light it up through the air. So you don't think you don't think Ronald Jones is going to have big runs in that type of offense where teams are scared of their passing game because you have Jameis Winston throwing bombs to Chris Godwin, AJ OJ Howard, and Mike, Mike Evans. Yeah. Of course they are. There's going to be wide open holes for these for Ronald Jones to run in. Um, Not Peyton Barber. And I don't even think the kid Dare. Ogu, uh, oh yeah, Hyped I don't up for the know pass if he got drafted. No, what? he's 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 the number one guy that people can add off the waiver wire right now if yeah, they wanted to. That that's a guy that's very interesting in a pass happy offense who is going to probably be doing a lot of the pass uh, passing down work here in uh, Tampa Bay because he's shown that he's very good at that. Uh, Ronald Jones isn't great at that. He could pass catch, but he's not great at it. So he's probably just going to be more of a runner. He'll get his fair share of catches too. Uh, Barber's probably not going to get any work through the passing game. So I would rather have Ogunwobali. Oguno, Oguno, yeah, there you go. I can't say. I'm just going to call him Wally. <laughs> Wally, like I would rather have him than Peyton Barber too. Like it's just you got to take upside plays. Uh, Michael Gallup going in the 11th round, another one for you. That's a steal. Like this guy could just go off this year. He's the number two wide receiver in an offense that's pretty good if Zeke comes back. Yeah. I just don't. Understand, Royce Freeman in the tenth round, I think, is a good pick. Rashad Penny in the fifth round is a good pick. On the, uh, the tenth round, fifth pick, yeah. I did, all these, all these running backs. I feel like there was, like you said, a lot of late running back value that people got their hands on in this draft. Yeah, I think Devin Single. Like uh, uh, once again, I'm, I'm not even looking at my name. I didn't even realize that I took Devin Singletary. I'm looking at the board. I see Devin Singletary at the end of the twelfth round. That's another one. Like I just think that. Another huge upside, great pick. And just to clarify this for everybody, in expert leagues, which I've done a few expert league drafts already, these guys are going much higher than this. These rookie running backs and these up-and-coming running backs, some of them aren't rookies, but they're going higher than the guys that the that everybody's been taking, like LaShawn McCoy and whatever, like you know the, the, the regular running backs like Jordan Howard. Like those guys are dropping and these younger guys are going up. Singletary is getting taken in like the ninth, tenth round. He's not going in the twelfth round. So that's why I took him there. I think that's a steal. That guy's gonna end up starting by week five or six. LaShawn McCoy is washed up. Frank Gore is clearly washed up at this point. Those guys are just there for guidance, really. I I don't know yeah. what they're gonna do with those guys. What? No, I I definitely agree with that. And again, yeah. I think I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, this will most likely turn into two different episodes because of how long we went. But Bencher, yeah. I again, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's always great to talk to you. I think we always have some fantastic uh, commentary, uh, conversations, debates, yeah, all that good stuff. So thank you. Yeah, you did a very good job in the draft, and I'm sorry for uh, ranting. I tend to rant. <laughs> we love it, though. <laughs> we love this. the rants. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, Sony Plus, I will be sure to uh, obviously – Shout you out, of course, as I try to always um, 
obviously I got a lot on my mind, a lot going on. It's draft season uh, and everybody good luck and do your research would be the last thing I would say, because, you know, you don't want to be taking bears defense in the eighth round and, you know, just making mistakes like that, unless you don't care. Nah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. if, if you're in, if you're in like, you know, one league and you don't care, just then take the best defense, but to all the Sony yeah. plus listeners out there. Thank you. Be sure to check out the website for even more content.